When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Cousin Connection Podcast. Podcast. We're back. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you were going to do that. (laughs) We missed you guys, even though, like, we've only actually been gone for a week. Yeah, technically, but it feels like we've been gone forever. Yeah. Like, we literally landed Yesterday. yesterday, and that might seem like, okay, it's enough time to recover, but, like, if you guys saw, like, what happened to us after we came back mm-hmm. you, you'd be showing some sympathy because like our systems did not like adjusting back to this climate weather whatever Mm-mm. systems were all jumbled up but uh we felt like it wouldn't be right to not put out a podcast this week at least to give you guys an update on like what we did what was been going on right. where we've been well you already know where we've been but what, we, what we've done since we've been there because the first part po- the first podcast we put out or not the first podcast, but the one we put out a couple weeks ago. Two weeks was ago, like, yeah. Yeah, it was like our only first or second day experience in Ethiopia, which <laughs> is where we were. Yeah. So I feel like there's so much that has happened. Like, it feels like it was more than, even though we were only there for two weeks, mm. it feels like we were there for a lot longer. Just due yeah. to the fact that, like, we were constantly on the move. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one thing. Every time, if you ever go to Africa and you have that much family there, mm-hmm. two weeks is definitely not enough time. No way. To do everything in a more comfortable manner. Yeah. Like, it's less of a vacation and more of just like a, like, catch up with, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, did it feel like a vacation? Uh, no, because I feel like I need another vacation from that vacation. Yeah, exactly. Like, Even though we did do some, like, vacation-like stuff. Yeah. But it was so rushed that you didn't have time to kind of sit down and relax. And we'll get into it um so should we, yeah let's get into it then okay so what we left off at last time was we were like racing the streets of dreda with our cousins there <laughs> oh yeah that was that day yeah, yeah. exactly okay, okay, and okay. like oh my god that feels like so long ago. i know right i know all the things that have happened mm-hmm. after that it's crazy yeah. okay and i believe the next day is when we went to hutter which is our original homeland like our original city is that mm-hmm. I, I i think that's how it worked well my uh, dad's from there my mom's not Oh, okay. My mom. Let's clarify. Okay? Our, all our families are from there somewhat, <laughs> like originally. Yeah. yeah. Technically, you know, obviously some of our parents' generation, like they grew up in like Addis or Deredoa or Nazareth. any. Yeah, Nazareth, like any other city. But our grandfather, grandparents, and great grandparents, a lot of them or, originated from Hadar, which yeah. is where how we're Hadari. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what that was the next place we went to and Hadar is like a really special spot mm. even even in like the islam itself it's given the 
moniker of like um i think it's uh fourth holiest city yeah the fourth holiest city or the mm. city of Wallis or or saints Scal- city of saints, saints. city of say saints. Scholars. Yeah, saints because of the like hundreds of saints who have or who were there in its history and are buried there currently mm. um so it's not only the fact that we went there for family but it has like a very uh a rich culture rich culture spiritual connection that we have to it mm. um but yeah we went to hutter we walked the streets of hutter got to meet family and friends there uh we definitely had like an interesting experience i feel like anyone who's gone to hutter can't go to hutter without doing the uh hyena <laughs> experience or whatever yeah i don't know if we'll have video of that but we'll put it up but essentially like you go to someone's you go out at nighttime. You go mm-hmm. out, out of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a guy there who will essentially sit you down. And there's like multiple, there's dozens of hyenas around you. Side note, you know the guy that we saw? Yeah. That's that's the son. main guy's son. Yeah, yeah. So like you'll see in our, in our experience, like in our video, we had a very uh different experience mm, exactly like <laughs> i don't remember it being like that that's what yeah that's time. what i was gonna get into like mm. the guy sits you down and before it used to be like you would just sit down there and the hyenas will kind of like go around you but mainly they wouldn't touch you or anything they mm. would kind of just like get really close to you and that was like the cool experience back then mm-hmm. but now like the hyenas are jumping on your back they're Bruh. like like they're fighting in front of you and some of them are like putting their legs on my legs so one of them stepped on me and i was wearing sandals I yeah was like, exactly like they're getting all. awfully close now yeah uh, which actually i i thought it was cooler like i wasn't um <laughs> scared at all you I know didn't what have any fear there at all at all like there was a couple times where he kept telling me make sure to wash your hands wash your hands i was like oh what are they gonna do to my hands if i like don't, don't put them, them exactly so at the for the first few seconds i don't know if i had the video of it but like i was like trying to figure out where to put my hands mm. and then after that I was just like getting the hyenas to like when they, he puts a stick in your mouth and the stick is like maybe just like six inches long or so it's like maybe like that big yeah and he puts <laughs> and he puts a piece of meat on it and then a hyena will come and like bite it right close next to your face mm-hmm. to the point where i think i there was hyena actually hit me in the face <gasps> when I said, yeah because I, when i touched my when i touched my um like my quote-unquote beard afterwards <laughs> this little scruff of hair like it felt a little wet i was like damn did they touch my face that close i didn't realize it at first but it was wet yeah. oh my god and no that's i'm scared uh, uh, were you scared you, you did it no but okay yeah leading up to the hyenas mm-hmm. we had fatira first right i feel like your dad he buttered us up did we yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. in we, the spot everyone knows know, about this one yeah. right outside of um jogol like where that roundabout Isn't it is Magala? no that's not Faras Magala. Faras yeah, Magala is. is where um where we when we parked our car where we first got there with the eagles and stuff beside the meat shop oh okay 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 I, f- I can't remember what that little roundabout area is but anyways those I'm who know sure that roundabout area is Faras Magala, no 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 so, okay Oh, Correct shoot. us. Whoever, yeah, whoever's listening to this, you feel like, <laughs> how could you guys not know you were literally there? No, I, I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. area that I'm talking about, it's like right outside of the Amir Abdullahi. Um, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right outside of the Amir Abdullahi uh, hall? Uh, hall, yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. Um, there's that one famous Fatira spot, and um, we went with like my, my cousin, my niece, mm-hmm. um, you guys and amir's dad and i feel like we really got buttered up because we were enjoying that fatira mm-hmm. so much and then we were like all right let's go get let's go feed some hyenas and i actually wasn't scared at yeah. that point because i remember doing it before and it was like mm-hmm. 
All right. The scariest part was feeding it with the stick. Yeah. Until we got there. Mm-hmm. And first of all, these hyenas looked like they were just running around like it was no big deal. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like it was very different than what I remembered. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but it was still fun. Like I still had fun doing it. So we made we made Amir's dad go first mm-hmm. because all of us were terrified at this point. Well, speak to yourself. Like, okay? I feel like you were scared because why, did you, go, why scared. did you go first then? Because it was so quick. Like he literally mm-hmm. just got up and went out. I would have done it first. Okay. <laughs> so as soon as your dad sat down and yeah. the way the hyenas like swarmed him mm-hmm. and when it like jumped onto his back, I was like, yeah, that's enough for me. Yeah. I'm good. I'm away in the car. And, oh, and I think I guess we should probably give some context to it because like people are like, you guys were literally playing with hyenas. Mm. So Hutter actually has like a rich history with uh, hyenas to the point where we were able to uh, domesticate them in a way. I wish Hassan was here. I know, eh? So he can give this like more of a he breakdown. Has, I mean, I know, we'll you, I know, we bo- yeah, yeah. Well, Hassan, you don't have a choice. We're exactly. Corner we'll get him one day, day to come on here and <laughs> speak some history to actually like give us some true facts <laughs> or proper I mean, facts. You, we both know this story, but you yeah. can give like a Spark Notes version for now. But like, yeah. So essentially, uh, over the years, hyenas were domesticated in the city, and Hutter itself is uh, surrounded by like the city center, which we call Jogol. Which I don't know. I don't think that's the original name, but that's just what we classically call, call it at this point. It's like the walled city. Yeah, the walled city. Mm. And it has five gates on it. Mm. But they also created these little holes inside of the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember what they were called? Essentially, I forget what they're called now. Morabanudul. <laughs> Wasn't that, was that the name? I may be making that up. I don't no, know. <laughs> I can't, I maybe, okay, I'm going with that. Literally but, translates to hyena hole. Yeah. So they made those not. holes mm. so that in the night, mm. the hyenas will actually go through these holes in the wall mm. and they will scour the city mm-hmm. through the night and like people will leave meat out for them. Mm. And I believe there's someone who told a story where for there weddings. There was a treaty, right? There was, was a, there a treaty, treaty between one of the emirs of Harar and mm-hmm. the king of the hyenas or whatever mm-hmm. they're called, the head. Um, because there was a time where the attacks increased on the oh really people of the city. Okay, yeah. so you know more of history. A than little I bit. Do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want Hassan to come for me. Like, actually, you got it wrong. But I'm yeah. pretty sure there was a treaty in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's weddings, but it's ashura. Oh, is they that ashura? Would, okay. They would prepare the ashur, which is like a a, a porridge type of meal mm-hmm. that had meat in it, and they would prepare it for. The hyenas. There are photos online, which I'm sure we'll be able to like put up here. Hopefully, so you, yeah, I've seen yeah. them before. Okay, you have. Okay, perfect. Um, and the king of the hyenas or the leader, the leader is usually like has a lighter fur. I remember Bakala was telling us she saw she saw a really? white hyena. Yeah, like okay. it's like a lighter fur. It, it's very distinct on yeah. who it is. Um, but he usually goes first to taste it and if it's good then the rest of them will eat too mm-hmm. so it's pretty interesting but yeah and this was developed over thousands of years in the city like this is a very old is it city. thousands or hundreds i don't know well the city <laughs> is over a thousand years old oh is it yeah so i don't oh, know okay. if i can say thousands but like if it's over just a thousand or something, mm. but it's been a long time essentially yeah it's uh, really cool like y- you know when i was okay first of all mm-hmm. by the time this episode is out i don't think uh I don't think you guys would have seen it, but I don't know if you've been following like Hassan's Instagram yeah, posts. Yeah, yeah. They've been so informative. But plus that mm-hmm. day that we went to the Adagar, you know when that those two women were telling us about the different... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it just made me realize how intertwined our culture is with our faith mm-hmm. and all the different like the reasons behind literally like the architecture of the homes or 
yeah uh, like different oh, so we like can get that. into that one too so we went to they have like a museum now where they've kind of um put it made a house i believe this is actually the original house of the emir was it the original house of the emir no yeah 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 no uh, or maybe like, it was one of them yeah every time it was like the uh, there was a an emir emir just stands for king, king. yeah so the king of harar uh, they would stay in this one house yeah and then it it was converted into like a museum for yeah a cultural museum and in this in this room like they have everything displayed mm-hmm. in something called and it has a room called the nadabagar which is actually it's uh, the the whole thing yeah. is called gegar okay yeah the mm-hmm. whole whole thing is called gegar uh and in the gegar it is the first room you kind of walk into has uh, a nadaba which has like five nadabas right I believe there's so. There's the top one, the side one, mm-hmm. the other one. There's a, this, four, and the, then there's one on the side. So yeah. it's five, yeah. And uh, these are just like different layers where people will sit depending on their rank, depending on who they are, mm. uh, what place they have in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail because I'm going to make myself da- sound dumb <laughs> more than I already sound. <laughs> but that was also a cu- cool experience. And there was someone there who kind of explained it all to us. Mm. And that was really interesting. Like I kind of knew some of this information already. Mm. Uh, of course, right now I'm not really showing that, but like, <laughs> it, it was interesting getting it from someone who's studied it and has it like perfectly. They can they can say it in a way that it sinks in a lot deeper than just reading off of a book. Or actually, when you're seeing it in person, it's a lot better. And I really like that experience as well. Um, what was um like one thing that you learned that day that stood out to you that you were like, wow, that's amazing. Oh, um, wow, that's amazing. I think also the the way that they uh, the, did you mention there's that part where like they oh, have the these weapons the spears mm. and like depending on and I think even Hassan posted about it where he depending did. on the orientation of the spears mm. means whether they're in a time of war mm-hmm. or a time of peace so if the spears are um, facing up mm-hmm. in their in their vertical position it means that they're in a time of war. Mm-hmm. And it was cool when she said that like the way that the Dabagar or the house is set up mm-hmm. is that the emir can actually literally take his horse into the building mm-hmm. into the into the house, the house yeah grab the spear off the shelf that it's made for it mm. and the shield or whatever that's there and then ride out with the horse yeah that uh, was definitely one of the things yeah I that was, was interesting like, this house was made to fit a horse well, yeah i didn't know that and but, I, it makes sense because the ceilings are so high yeah actually there was a lot more like there's also how they have like um an organizational system for like the different things that are need to be organized in the house, like whether it's money. Oh, the uh, huh? what is it? See, like again? I can't remember the names now. Hold I up, wish we I got Google them. for a reason, okay? Yeah, but there's essentially these pots that are set up. There's four of them that are set up in the house, and each one like kind of takes care, accounts for something different in the house. Like one of them accounts for, I believe it's um, the money. One of them accounts for the documents that they might need. And then there's a couple other ones there. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to have like someone out here to give us a lot more details on it. Hassan, but that where was also are you when we need you? Exactly. But it was, it, it was interesting because like a lot of it was, like you mentioned, inspired by the dean. Mm. And it was kind of cool because they, these pots had like covers on them. And people were very like, uh, they had like a shyness to them. And they didn't like to say things outright. But mm. if there was a man, like there's a cover on on the one that has the money. And if there was a man in the house, the cover would be upright. It would be put in the proper position. Mm-hmm. But if the man of the house was no longer there, like maybe something happened to him, he passed away, they would actually flip the cover over 
And the reason they did that is to signify that they may be in need of like finances or may be in need of help right. in some way. And uh, if someone saw that, if someone came into the house and saw that, they might like secretly hide some money for them or something under like the carpet mm-hmm. just to kind of help them out. And that was like interesting because no one would outright say, okay, I need money or I need help. Exactly. They would kind of show it through like symbols of uh, like that cover, like symbolizing that they actually needed the help without saying it outright. Exactly. And that was really interesting. And also the funny thing was like um, above the door when you enter the house, there's uh. these like arms they look like they look like wooden forks yeah and they're like right above the door there's usually an odd number yeah there's an odd number of them do you remember why huh do you remember i can't remember why but there was an odd number of them and but but i did i think she mentioned that like they look like hands that were upright maybe due to like oh i remember i remember no 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 it's actually because um she said that uh the reason why they look like forks is because it's supposed to remind us that uh, those of us that are always chasing, uh, I guess, dunya matters, if you want to think of it in that way. Mm-hmm. There's always stuff seeping through, meaning mm. don't always don't always be so focused on chasing the dunya work towards your akhirah. Um, oh, okay. I don't remember why there was an odd number. Yeah. But she was also relating that to the number of stairs that goes up to the kala. Yeah. There's also an odd number for that too, but I don't remember. No, wasn't it eight steps? No, she said it's... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. That I remember. The steps that go upstairs, it's um seven or eight. Or mm-hmm. eight because she was basically saying it's supposed to remind you of the seven skies or the seven heavens. Yeah. So everything in the house has like a, a religious purpose or like a religious meaning behind it. Did you know? Or sometimes like inspired by some religious meaning behind it. There are five nadabas in the gay god to mm-hmm. remind you of your five prayers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Isn't That's that what cool? it came down to. And even like another fun fact is if you notice and like if for those of you that are interested in harari culture if you've ever googled like a traditional harari home house um the nadebas which are like they're like platformed Mm -hmm. seating areas they're painted red and the red is to signify the blood from the 700 martyrs the newlyweds Mm -hmm. for the chalanko war war yeah so i thought that was like it's all like very intertwined and Mm -hmm. i just remember that day like listening to the guides like basically just being mind blown mm-hmm. and then what i actually learned recently mm-hmm. from hassan's post yeah the shape of the ketal, the aruz ketal. oh yeah i was <laughs> like what mm-hmm. i had no idea like that's so crazy it's supposed to be shaped to like kind of look like the uh is it, i think it's bismillah or something like that yeah yeah basically to signify that you're starting in the name of god which yeah. is like wow wow like mm-hmm. who, who i thought he would have had the post up i'm literally on hassan's page now to see if i can Oh, oh yeah, yeah it's here right it there. Is. Screenshot that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I that wish was he had the other ones to remember what the what are they called? Uh, oh, oh, the, but going back to those like forks coming out. Yeah. The, the uh, funny part that I found was that like, uh, if there's like a daughter in the house who's ready to be married, mm. then they put a carpet up there, mm-hmm. and the carpet is to symbolize like if a guy comes into the house mm. without outright asking, he'll look up above the door and he'll mm-hmm. see that there's a carpet there, so he knows that there's a daughter. Yeah. who's ready for marriage mm-hmm. and, and he might ask the parents mm-hmm. and then like on those stairs that you mentioned at the top mm-hmm. there's kind of like a grid cover it's like a, a it looks like a mm, you know like those those 
basket covers. It yeah, basically, it you can like still a, see through it. It looks like, like a fence. It's crisscross like that. It's like a fence. So you can see through it, but you can't really see Yeah, the person there. looking to it can't really see through it. And that's because uh, if, like, the daughter is up there mm. while the potential suitors in the house mm-hmm. they can kind of like see them and judge whether or not they want to be with them or not and yeah. that was kind of funny because i mean i i guess back in the day there wasn't people didn't really like date like that you know what i mm-hmm. mean so maybe sometimes let's just use amir as an example mm-hmm. if amir was walking down the streets of harar he sees someone and the the city's so small that everyone knows everyone so let's just say he notices someone He's like, okay, yeah, she looks nice. Like, maybe we should get to know each other. Um, so what he would do is he would go to her parents' house. And when you go to the the main room, he would sit down on the nadeva. And right above the doors are would be the little fork-looking things. And if there's one, two, three carpets, let's say there's one carpet, he would just he's just going to hope and pray that it's that one girl. Like, let's say they have more than one daughter and they have three daughters, three carpets. He knows that all of them are available uh, for marriage and so he can go back to his parents now and be like oh mom dad can you go ask so-and-so's parents mm-hmm. like for their hand or whatever yeah. and that's pretty much how it works so it's kind of cool mm-hmm. but yeah i thought that was interesting too like how everything is like kind of like there's there's a uh, not a sh- this, yeah I, I don't know what the word is i, I want to say shyness to it but there's a how many people are very like the culture is very modest i think yeah very modest yeah thing to it like yeah. it, it, there's nothing that's kind of said outright or overtly everything is kind of like hinted at and you kind of use these little hints in the house to kind mm. of figure out what the situation is with the family uh in any aspect remember this thing which one's that one? Oh, that little like yeah. the little pockets in the wall mm-hmm. do you remember what that was for no i don't I, I, there was a couple points where i kind of zoned out but oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like hyper focused like yeah listening to it all but did you know Mm-hmm. so we'll have another photo of it I, I think i took some photos i'll send to you mm-hmm. um so there's two main like they're like what do you call them indents <laughs> yeah there's like uh they're yeah. like um um shelves in the wall yeah they're kind of but like they're built in. into the wall yeah and so there are two main ones that's supposed to signify the mother and the father mm-hmm. and then the smaller ones are for the children what oh no i was gonna say speaking to oh, the mic. oh sorry <laughs> you got so far away like got quiet there oh my bad mm-hmm. um i hope you guys heard me but i was saying that they're the two big ones are for the mother and the father and there are smaller ones so those are to mm-hmm. um signify the the children oh really mm-hmm. but how about if they have more children and they can, do they make more holes i believe there was five also to in relation to the prayers too but i could mm-hmm. be wrong okay Maybe. but yeah that, that i want to get away from there's so many visualizations here i feel bad for the people who are listening because yeah. i'm really bad at explaining it but maybe they'll google yeah, it yeah that was know. a very interesting that we, what we wanted to get at is that that was a very interesting part of the trip there even though we only spent how much like a two day, days a two days in hutter in total mm-hmm. which was definitely not enough time especially for it being our home town uh we spent more time in like other places i feel like we could have spent more time there to kind of really take it in and um uh explore more of the city leaving Hutter was so difficult for me oh yeah for you yeah. it was like <laughs> yeah so sad. i didn't know you were such a softy you didn't know that eh, a little bit but like i am like the worst with goodbyes but it's mm-hmm. like something about leaving like coming and leaving ethiopia is very different because one it's it's not like around the corner it's yeah, so far away exactly we don't have the luxury of going all the time mm-hmm. so it's like just knowing that this could potentially be the last time that you see your family mm-hmm. and um 
I spent a lot of time there as a kid. I spent four months there, yeah. which is like wild to me. But yeah. that's how I was able to develop such a strong bond with a lot of um, the people there. The people there. Mm-hmm. So every time I've gone back, it's like I try to soak it in as much as possible and mm-hmm. enjoy my time with them without like the 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 worst part about it is as soon as I got there, like I already knew in the back of my mind, like, OK, in two days, like I'm, I'm going to have to say bye to these people. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to get too attached. Like I try to like protect my own heart but it's, yeah. it's hard not to you know what i mean yeah. like the hospitality of Haredi people is mm-hmm. so unmatched yeah and and just not only that but like just being in the city mm. is nice like just how you can walk in between between each other like we're literally neighbors yeah we are our um like where my grandfather's house was and where your grandfather's house was yeah they're like literally like two minutes away exactly and it's just interesting like that's why you um you realize like whenever we, you know how like all the parents kind of know each other mm. and they're going it's because like they literally lived all like right next to each other when my dad would be like yeah you know this person you know in toronto <laughs> they, they lived right there like yeah. right next door you know it's crazy mm-hmm. i posted a photo of like the the main like right outside of my baba's house yeah. and i had a couple people like hey hey neighbor yeah. like my grandfather oh really there. i See? was like no way like we mm-hmm. should all just move back here and like you know no i definitely like in, in, my fu- in the future I, I was even saying this on the trip like i want to be able to come here for longer periods of time Same, me too or find a way to do it like yeah. i don't know if it requires a different kind of job or something but mm. i just feel like i really want to just go back there really experience it for a longer period of time yeah and maybe even do something to help develop it in in grow the city because there are still like th- we talk about all the good things but there's mm-hmm. still a lot of like issues that are going on in the city that need to be worked on i think the saddest part was like well it wasn't it's not yeah i guess it's sort of sad but like remember when we were uh the same day when we were going to museum we went on to like the top there's they have this like this view area where you can kind of see oh, the whole city yeah and then like i think it was my dad pointed out there's a part of the city they call diaspora <laughs> like they literally just call it diaspora because mm. It's essentially a large neighborhood of mm-hmm. really nice houses, like super like modern houses. The neighborhood looks really, really nice, even from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason they call it diaspora is because a lot of people who live outside of the country, mm. who have moved away from the city, um, built houses there so they can come back and live there after they retire or yeah. maybe even just so... Um, they had they a have, place to stay when they it, come to exactly, visit. Exactly, when they come back to visit. But because of like political reasons and tribal reasons, mm. it was taken over by, um, or not taken over, but it's, it was kind of... Um, it was like blocked off. Blocked off yeah. by uh, people, part, some people in the Oromo tribe. Yeah. Uh, and essentially they said that if you want to come and live in these places, we'll kill you or like essentially we'll hurt you. To that extent, like to, and now they can't even go into that land anymore because their their lives are be, literally being threatened, and it's now just kind of wasting away. Even though these places look perfectly fine, they're fully developed, they're completely done. That's very but sad. But no one can, and it's a nice neighborhood, mm. and you see that a lot, a lot throughout the whole country. There's so much conflict in Ethiopia. Like, yeah. it's it's very sad to see, yeah. and. And we'll get to that. Like, I want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, like oh, we getting into it like that? Ex- I want, I want to talk about it all because there I... are. Even though we did have good experiences, there was a lot of like. I think it was my dad. Cause my dad like really like being like, he he loves Ethiopia. Mm. You know that like he said he spent literally six months out of the year there in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. but he also 
sees a lot of the he, he points out a lot of the flaws in the country and the things that need to be worked on mm-hmm. and he really makes sure that we know what those are <laughs> i know he's like don't fall in love too quick <laughs> yeah like you can't go on a drive with him throughout the throughout the city especially in at this where he was like mainly our driver my mm. dad without him pointing out like okay see this area this is the problem with it now this is what's yeah. going on politically or tribally or whatever in that area um but yeah let's let's get back to how did I this? So that was yeah, that was mainly our experience, right? Like we spent the day going out, visiting uh, different historical sites, mm-hmm. um, and that was like that was that was a good experience there. So what else do you want to say about Harar actually before mm. we move on to the next one? We talked about the hyenas. We talked about the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know what else to add to it. Like. Well, like, I, I guess one thing I actually want to finish off with is that, like, I don't know how I, I want to. I've always wondered, like, how long we will have mm. the hunter that we know now. Oh, <laughs> because that's also a question. Like, w- when I mentioned the diaspora area, that's mm-hmm. like a part of a larger problem in the city. Yeah. Where um, even though we're kind of indigenous to the area, it's slowly being kind of taken over by um other people were laying claim to the land mm. and it might and, and thankfully like a lot of the places are being now being labeled as like historical sites yeah. even by the country yeah so hopefully that's a sign that it won't be touched but i don't know like what the next administration will do or how how long that will last for uh so anyone mm. who hasn't been to Harar and is Harari, i feel like even if you're not Harari, honestly i feel like it's a really good place to visit currently in its state where it's kind of still how uh, how we remember it it's actually not is it not i think that like i don't want to get too political no no, only because i don't have too much knowledge on it so i don't want to say the wrong thing but from what my my first like experience as a conscious child i guess Mm -hmm. uh was it was so different like was it yeah it used to be a lot cleaner mm-hmm. there's a lot of like garbage and stuff like to be yeah, honest that, with that's you a, that's a big issue with just ethiopia in general like people don't really care for um i feel like they uh, got lazy what do you call it when you throw garbage on the floor? Littering? littering yeah so people would literally just start throwing stuff on the floor yeah like instead of throwing in a garbage like finding a garbage can is almost next to impossible i guess i think is doing a little better a little better yeah because they actually have like cleaners but that's because it's the main city right and they know a lot of tourists are going to be there so they really care for that more right sarah stop listen i'm blaming the jet lag okay no okay (laughs) but um i think that uh gay sinan was spoken a lot more like openly back Mm -hmm. then like on the streets. I mean, yeah. it kind of, kind of, sort of is now. It's yeah. A lot of people who even, like, they're not actually Harari. Mm-hmm. Still, st- without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Speak the language, um, the older ones anyway. Mm-hmm. But I find that now um, 
kids amongst themselves either speak Amharic or they speak Oromo, like whichever one they've, they're they more mm-hmm. comfortable with. They rarely ever speak Gaysinan to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who don't know, when we say Gaysinan or Gaygar, Harar is also known as, like the city is called Gay. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, that's how you say it in, in Gaysinan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gaysinan also means like the language of the, the city. city yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that it, like Amir was saying, like if mm-hmm. you have if you haven't already gone, mm-hmm. um, definitely try to go now before things. Hopefully, they, this isn't the case, but before things get worse or before they change too much from how it originally was. But even like if you hear our parents talk about it, they'll be like, "Oh, like bad yeah. like it's so different now." You know what I mean? So definitely go while you can. Try and experience it once, no matter what your age is, and then. We'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. One one thing that I do, I don't want to start uh, end on like a negative thing when it comes to the city or just, it's not only Harar. Mm. It's any city outside of Addis. And mm. Addis has this problem a little bit too, but it's not as apparent as in the uh, villages. But there's a huge drug problem <laughs> in both Harar <laughs> and Dredwa. Listen, okay? They're going to come for you. I don't care. All okay? Right. Like, right. I feel like it's really... Um, affecting like the progress mm. of these smaller cities, the like the the productivity of mm. these places, mm. and maybe the reason they st- stop caring about like the the litter and the garbage around, because anyone who's East African knows about something called chat, which East is African, like African. I think Arabs know about it too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like a, a leaf. It essentially, gives you like the same buzz as like caffeine would. If you had a lot mm. a lot of caffeine, it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But after after one o'clock in any city, like Dredwahar or any city outside of that, you're not going to find anyone on the <laughs> streets or like, you're going to find people on the streets, but you're not going to find anyone doing anything productive because they're most mm. likely going to be doing something called Barcha, yeah. which is like where you kind of just... Barcha uh, just means like, every time I try to explain it to someone it, who's not gay, so I'm like, yeah. you just like hang out. Yeah, it's literally just people hanging out, mm. chewing chat, yeah. drinking Coke, and doing that for the rest of the night yeah and that's every single day like people to the point where people literally work to be able to do parcha but the thing is is like chewing chat i feel like it it uh invokes a lot of creativity no no no. i don't care about chewing chat i'm talking about the uh excess of it excessiveness of it that's the thing though it's a, it's addictive so you're gonna yeah. do it like i think in the past it used to be like a lot of scholars islamic scholars would use it to be productive in terms of memorizing the Islamic knowledge. Yeah. Or if they're writing they're writing things in books and whatnot. Now I feel like people use it as a pastime, but they like have done it so Yeah. I'm mo- talking about the culture that's been created around it. Oh like not the, the chat itself. The chat yeah. itself I have no problem with. I've done chat in my life you at have? one point. Yeah, oh. just like I don't know, like at like Dora and stuff. You know like, Dora? Yeah, it was a weird situation. Okay, but yeah. Okay, we'll let's talk get, about let's that offline. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> it's not the chat itself, it's mm. the culture that was created around it yeah in those places where it's almost stifled any like you say it leads to creativity i feel mm. like it's stifled creativity and uh uh progressiveness or not progressive but like uh yeah progressiveness progressiveness in the cities to the point that they kind of lost the will to maintain um the the cities themselves i mean i say or at least work towards making them better I say it promotes creativity because you'll notice in these budget sessions, like mm-hmm. as people are 
chewing and once they reach how do you how do you explain what mirkana means i don't know the high yeah <laughs> once you reach once you reach that state you'll notice that the the conversation flows like people got ideas they're they're talking big yeah but big where ideas. do those conversations go the thing is is that although it invokes creativity it doesn't invoke productivity exactly that's what that, so they'll that's what talk about for, all these things exactly but they ain't going they're not going to do anything about exactly. it exactly the productivity is a huge issue it's mm. it, and and like the fact that you can it affects everything it affects like even you being able to go to the bank it affects you being able to uh get something constructed like any anything that requires work are you hungry no oh i just heard you say <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe <laughs> you heard that i was trying to like <laughs> <laughs> they definitely heard it <laughs> i was trying to like, ha- like stop <laughs> um but oh, what i was saying but th- that just like really just like struck me as something like i was like come on guys like i understand every once in a while well are you getting hot no you are i am getting hot it's because i'm getting heated about this conversation i know That's i can tell like open the window real you, quick you passionate okay no but i want to i want to finish this thought and then we'll do that okay, okay. so like that was the thing that really just annoyed me the whole time. Yeah. Because I'm a person like, I'm very much like my dad in that I don't like sitting down and wasting time. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, I was like, this is such a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing something during that butcher that is maybe beneficial to your community and you're actually going to do something out of it, come, mm-hmm. something's going to come out of it, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. But when you're literally doing it every day and you're working and you're working and living to be able to do that and you're not supporting like family and doing, I'm not saying that all of them are doing it, but like, it, it's clear that it's kind of become an addiction for the whole country. Mm-hmm. And it's now a problem where it's affecting the product- productivity of the country. Right. And I feel like if you took that out of the equation, mm-hmm. there would be so much progress in the country. And I agree. Uh, I at totally least, agree. at least in our, in our cities. Yeah. Um, but that was just something that was really like on my mind the whole time when I was in either Dredua or Harar, like when I, when they were talking about the culture, I knew that it was a thing, mm-hmm. but I didn't know to what extent. But you know what? I feel like the the people there, like mm-hmm. whether it's the government or whatever, whoever's selling it, like th- I don't think you guys realize how much money Jats brings. Yeah, to, it makes a lot like, of money. It makes it's like a multi million dollar yeah uh, organization, multi billion dollar, I mean even trillions. You think so? Actually, okay, yeah. not trillions, mm-hmm. but billions at least. Yeah, and so it's sort of like you know. As long as it's bringing in the money, they don't care what happens to you guys. Yeah, like yeah. it's a, it's very unfortunate, and I think it'll take a lot of self control to to really wake people up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's especially sad when you see like younger guys doing it. Mm-hmm. Like our dads, I kind of feel like you know we just like accepted that it is what it is. Yeah. But to see someone like our age, it's mm-hmm. kind of like really like that's what you're doing with your life. Mm-hmm yeah like, and no judgment but like come on you you're still young like yeah. work while you can like i don't care if people are doing it here because it's such like something so hard to even access to begin with that's not like th- it's done every day i was just gonna say it, it the ones who do it here it doesn't necessarily impede on their ability to work because they mm-hmm. can't do it every day it's yeah. like you can't you can't live a life here in canada or america or whatever mm-hmm. um doing that but back home i feel like it's it's so known that like if you have a shop everyone mm-hmm. knows like after the hood like peace out yeah <laughs> good luck if you find someone with their shop open. yeah and that was just really disheartening i was like this really mm-hmm. needs to be addressed and like mm-hmm. taken care of 
because there's a lot that could be worked on or like that, that needs improvement but mm. people are kind of wasting their money and time doing the butchers and stuff and uh, it's it's just sucking the soul and the life i feel like it was sucking the soul and the life out of the cities i have a question for mm-hmm. you if our parents never left ethiopia and we like grew up in Harar, mm-hmm. did you ever like while we were there did you ever think like what would i be like if i grew up here uh i'd probably be a lot more i'd be like my dad essentially because he was you very think so though he was like very like uh, he's exactly like he was now like on the move constantly no but he's like that because he a lot of his life was here he even said it himself like if i was if i grew up in mm-hmm. Hutter, like god knows where i would have ended up oh if i grew up in Hutter, mm-hmm. okay i thought you meant like by like was with him the whole time going to this and all these other no no no. i mean like like while we were there on mm-hmm. our trip like did you ever think like what if i grew up here what would i be like Oh yeah, I'd probably be just just like them. Mm-hmm. Imagine. Yeah. Well, like yeah, I guess yeah, it's hard to even say. Like a lot of things would happen, right? But mm-hmm. I probably would be very similar to them. Maybe in a, wor- a very worse situation depends on. Um, We're twenty nine now, so we probably both would have been like married to somebody. Oh yeah, like, definitely. I would have had like five kids by now already. <laughs> it's so crazy to think like, wow, mm-hmm. our lives would have been so different, or like even like. Mm-hmm. i think we answered this one time in a q a like if if we didn't grow up together like what what would like yeah. amir would have been like my cousin from back home yeah that's so weird to mm-hmm. imagine i can't even i wouldn't look like this i don't think because one thing i've noticed <laughs> you'd either that, be like, fatter or skinnier <laughs> There's no i'd be between. a lot darker for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you look because like even just like i think it was one of, uh, one of the greatest examples of this like i saw a cousin not an uncle when he first came to canada like Ooh. he was in ethiopia uh, the one you met in Edmonton. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Th- I had an uncle. When he came yeah. here, he was like dark. Like That's why I didn't recognize him because he was light-skinned when I yeah. saw him. I was like, huh? The reason <laughs> I said, yeah, the reason I say is because like he was super like dark, like dark, dark. And then after you show me a photo of him recently, he was <laughs> completely different, like super light-skinned. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I know I wouldn't look anything like this. I would be a completely yeah. different person. That's why it's even hard to imagine. Do you guys think I'd we be. tanned, by the way? Like, I think we, we did. definitely tanned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even dress while I'm wearing this, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just bought this, like, on the streets of Addis. Yeah. And we thought, you know, why not culturally appropriate our own culture? I'm here. Don't do that. Hey, because it's not Harari, technically, okay? I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, it's not. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so I'm going to take a quick... We're going to take a quick break mm-hmm. here. Uh, we're just doing this because sometimes the video messes up, so I got to <laughs> stop it. But, like, I'll we'll be, be back, back here in a second. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can we fade into the grass like Homer? Just what? You know the Homer, the the GIF, where the he GIF? just like, I said GIF because you say GIF, and now you're saying GIF because I, I say know, GIF. I'm just saying mess with mm, you. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna fade into the background. You okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that was. Uh, I didn't want to end it on like a negative mo- note, but like in in total, in totality, what? I finally figured out what the things are called. Oh, from the photos there? Yeah. What are they called? So, okay. Side note me. I don't know if you can edit this back, but... If okay, you guys so when, she, when I was talking about those uh, four pots... Is it four pots? There are three. Uh, oh. Sometimes three or four. Yeah, three or four pots, which are set somewhere on like, the left side of the house or the right side of the house uh, to indicate like different things that you would collect in the house. Yeah. So you can mention that. He like, was talking about... If the mot that sits on top of it, if it's upside down or the right side up, that signifies whether the man of the house has passed away or is living. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the correct term is aflaf, aflala, aflala. 
see. Are you sure that's what Yeah, I look, eight. It doesn't sound right. Aflala. Aflala. Okay. I remember seeing that on the thing. I just couldn't remember okay. what it was but yeah. called. But essentially, those that's what those were, yeah. what they're called. Yeah. Um, does it tell you exactly what each one represents? Uh, I no. remember the first one is for the, the um, money. The right? money for the the wife. Yeah. Um. So that's usually where like, that's usually where she keeps her money, jewelry, finances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things like that. The second one, Hassan really had a photo, and I'm trying to see if I can remember it. I know that one of them was for like important documents. That might have been the last one. Okay. I know that the second one I can't remember, but one of them is also for like herbal medicine, Mm -hmm. um, like just seeds. Yeah, essentially they're like things that you use to collect. Like there's certain things you need in the house. Maybe I'll see if Hassan saved that post and we'll like (laughs) put it up here. (laughs) Okay, but yeah. So Hutter in general Mm. was just. It was a nice experience. That was just the one kind of like negative takeaway I had from it. There were a couple other things, but like not big enough to mention. Um, but I definitely want to go back. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. So like that's definitely a thing uh, that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And, and soon, like sooner rather than later. Like it was the last time I've been to Ethiopia. Like I don't know if I mentioned that last time. It was like 11 years ago. And for you, it was like five years ago, right? Or mm-hmm. 2016. 16. So that's five and a half yeah five and a year five and a half years ago so mm. uh, we definitely can't make that a thing you gotta visit more if you haven't been there already make sure you go it'll yeah. give you a deeper connection with uh your roots mm-hmm. and even if you're not from there like it's hard to say, tell someone who's not from there to go there but i feel like you would still enjoy the experience especially if you have a good guide there and yeah I mean, especially if you're muslim if you're muslim then i feel like that's like a big plus because there's a lot of islamic history there too mm-hmm. that you can learn that you can uh learn and um benefit from yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so then we left Hatter after mm-hmm. a couple of days went back to Duredua where our, where our umma is our, our grandma and the whole family there mm-hmm. and then we, i think we spent there for like a, we were there for maybe one more day and then we went to Addis. were we there for only one more day i think so yeah it's like two days one night technically after we came back yeah oh really yeah it didn't feel that long it was like we got back earlier that day mm-hmm. we spent all day there and then um no we were there for two days two more days okay yeah well yeah we did that and then we went back to well we went to addis which mm-hmm. we haven't been to yet mm-hmm. by plane and addis is like a whole story in itself mm. like there's so many things we did there like it's so it, we did so many things that's kind of a blur at this mm-hmm. point yeah um so did, is there anything you wanted to mention about addis first addis or diredoa addis because we already talked about diredoa yeah, I mean, we did kind of cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this, I think, I also spent a lot of time there before, too. So, mm-hmm. for me, going back, it was, like, I was very surprised at how much the city has changed over yeah, the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from that, what else can we get into? Well, like, I was going to, I want to expand on that, because mm-hmm. at this, when I remember it from 11 years ago, yeah, like, I remember dirt streets. I remember like dirt streets. Really? Yeah. Okay. Not maybe there's paved roads, but like yeah. dirt. It is more. It was more like it was less developed than what I remember. Like I don't remember yeah. skyscrapers. Yeah. I don't I remember see. like the square. There's that. There's a large square. Oh, Muscat Square. Yeah, Muscat Square. I don't remember that being developed at all. Yeah. But when we got there, it was almost like at least for the first. 15, 20 minutes that you're mm. driving through the city away from the airport, mm-hmm. it looks like you're in a modern city. 
yeah like everything looks modern city exactly mm-hmm. and like you're in it's weird because like everyone there is black like it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird when you see like the white person's like the minority <laughs> and you're like staring at you're them like, it's hey, like what are you person. doing here exactly <laughs> or like you see a couple like asian people there mm. um but yeah it looked like a different world to me like i was not expecting at this to look like that at all mm. there's skyscrapers everywhere um it looked clean on the streets mm-hmm. um but as of course you start like driving further and further <laughs> away yeah. from the airport when you get like into more of the actual little boroughs mm-hmm. i guess you can call them or like parts of the city then you start to see like okay this is the this i remember yeah where of course the, the streets maybe look a little bit cleaner when it comes to ba- paving mm-hmm. but it's still like a lot of uh, dirt on the sides like you got the little huts or houses made out of like metal um uh yeah so like, a lot of them, like yeah. makeshift houses you have to kind of go into the neighborhoods mm-hmm. to see them uh cobblestone the, roads yeah the cobblestone roads the ones that would break your neck because when you're driving <laughs> over them like you're constantly bouncing back and forth yep um but that was like definitely a shock to me when i first got there mm-hmm. it's like i don't remember uh, this looking like this at all yeah um and when we we got to our family's house there uh that one was exactly as i remember it like, i know it, it always brings back so many exactly memories. right because like it's it almost like from 11 years ago to now it's almost like nothing had changed there which is kind of comforting in a way because yeah. at least there's something that you remembered yeah when you first when you first got there because everything else looks so different mm-hmm. uh even the neighborhood somewhat looked a little bit the same uh well they opened up the bar that bar never like someone else used to look like, at oh was really a house there yeah okay that's what i was like oh there's a bar here now yeah um but that was definitely like a shock when you first got there mm-hmm. um but at this like let's not only let's not only talk about like the sea, but like the driving there oh. is also on another level like i remember it being pretty crazy when i was last there yeah even though i say it's 11 years ago like i still remember a lot yeah. from my trip there yeah but like i didn't remember how i didn't i don't remember it was, i don't remember it ever being this crazy it wasn't where like there are no rules when you're <laughs> driving in and at this there are no rules on the road they got better now than what do you mean they got better now from what i remember like yeah. in 2012 and 2016 yeah bruh was it worse then yes literally yes you know our I don't cousin he's probably listening to this mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't want to put him on the yeah no, just say it into the mic, man. <laughs> okay, Adil, if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. <laughs> he literally used to like hang out the side of his car. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> As we were driving through the streets just to like yell at people. Because like oh everybody, like I remember there was a time where people would be honking and he would just honk back. I'm like, why are you honking? Mm-hmm. He's like, just because. Yeah, because <laughs> there's people too. out there will honk constantly. Yeah. It's always. And, and you have like no patience. But no, but honestly, you kind of have to honk at some point because mm. like cars are literally <laughs> inches away from touching each other at all times. Yeah. At all times. Like, it's crazy. There are lanes in the road, mm. but they're not really like defined by like those little dots or whatever. Mm. So you kind of make your own lane. Like, it could be a three-lane road, but there will be four cars <laughs> next to each other. Yeah. And, like, they're constantly, like, one's, like, going in front of the other and the other one's going in front of the other. Mm-hmm. There's no rules at all. And, and at but this... But somehow, like, it works. Like, I, I haven't... We saw one accident. Yeah. And that was a pretty bad accident, yeah, too, from the back. Bad. But... Um, and that was, like, out in the... in the Like, more outside of the city from what I remember. I, think I don't think... So. It wasn't, like, in the super busy area. No. Yeah, but the roundabouts in Addis are like the most scariest because yeah. the scariest because in in like Canada or North America or anywhere else in the world, honestly, mm. 
like when it is roundabout you know you yield yeah. you get into it and then you like drive out or whatever but like in this one you kind of just start driving into the roundabout <laughs> just say bismillah yeah exactly <laughs> it just hope that no one hits you coming from the side and one thing i noticed is that usually if you want to like let's say you want to exit the roundabout you'll go on the outside lane mm-hmm. people will literally go from the inside lane of the roundabout <laughs> yep. to the outside lane and just drive across traffic just so they can exit and like I don't know how it it, it kind of works. Like you mentioned, it's just like everything kind of flows still. But you forgot the main thing. What? The traffic is not just cars in Addis, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's literally people and yeah. animals too. Everybody shares the road. That's the one thing we couldn't get a ha- wrap our heads around is mm. that when people cross the street, <laughs> they don't look. <laughs> they literally just start walking <laughs> and just, and, and, and they know that the cars are going to go around them. Yeah, like or people slow will, down or they something. They don't slow. They don't, there are some people who like hesitate and stuff, and that actually makes it worse yeah. for some reason. Yeah. But for the most part, people will literally look to their right, mm-hmm. and the cars are coming from their left. But they'll just start. They'll continue looking through their right and start crossing the street. Mm-hmm. Not even look at you. They won't even know that you were there. Yeah. And they'll cross the street. They'll get a, and act like nothing happened while you're like almost hitting a car right next to you. <laughs> And this is a constant thing. It's not like it happens every once in a while. This is constantly as you're driving. Yeah. And we did it ourselves too. Oh my God. We had to talk about our experience. Um, yeah. Um, when Amir and I decided to walk from Mercato back to my aunt's house. Yeah. Um, Mercato is like a major market. Is Mercato, Lydia, I think it <laughs> translates to mar- market. Yeah, yeah. But it's a major market area where a lot of trading goes on. Think of like, if you've ever been to like Istanbul, if you've ever been to the Grand Bazaar there. Mm-hmm. Think of that, but like in Africa and like 10 times Is there any bigger. place in like North America like that people can relate to? Mm, if you're in LA, maybe the farmer's market, but like on it, a grander it, yeah. scale. Just think, yeah, just think of like an area with a lot of business like, going on at the same time. When we say you can literally buy anything, yeah, <laughs> we literally mean anything. Yeah. There's thousands of stores in this place. Food, mm-hmm. mattresses, clothes. Goats. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Um, cooking utensils mm-hmm. furniture like anything you could think of it'll husbands yeah maybe you, you can. <laughs> do you remember that guy what he said no to us? oh yeah, yeah yeah there's a guy who literally just walked up to you guys like they're they're talking you guys up and they're like are you married do you want a husband it's like what because he thought your dad like didn't speak amharic right so he was asking him like mm-hmm. do you speak amharic and your dad was like yeah i'm from here i'm just their tour guide mm-hmm. and then he was like oh okay where are they from because that day uh, we were all wearing masks and I think I was wearing a Nabaya, but for some re- for some reason, people thought we were from like Sudan or something. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, are they from Sudan? He's like, no, they're literally from Ethiopia, like they're Harari, they're mm-hmm. Ethiopian. And then he was like, oh, and then he looks at Aisha and he's like, are you married? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, no. And then he looks at me, are you married? And we're like, no. He's like, and then he asked us in Amharic, do you want a husband? And And then your dad was like, they don't understand you. So then um, he looks at her. He's like, do you want a, do you want a husband? In English. In English. Mm-hmm. And then we start laughing and we're like, no. And then your dad was like, see, I told you, you could buy anything you want here. It's so, it's so, it, it's, it's an interesting place yeah. the, to say the least. Yeah. Mercato is a crazy like experience. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Like mm. just that experience alone where people are like stacked on top of each other everywhere. You know what was mm-hmm. really cool was seeing those guys who would carry like boxes or like these yeah. big huge things on their heads. I'm like, how 
They're carrying hundreds of pounds on like top of how, their head. How? How? Mm-hmm. How is your spine still connected? Yeah. I don't know how. Like, even me, someone who works out, I was like, I couldn't probably couldn't do that. That's I don't have crazy. that balance, level of balance or anything. Yeah. And these are like skinny guys doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. The wind's blowing in. One it second. Is, it is cold. Dang. There we go. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we were talking about how we had to go from Mercato to... Oh, yeah. Our aunt's house, which mm-hmm. is about like maybe if there wasn't any traffic, maybe like a 10 minute walk. Yeah, but it took longer than that. Yeah. It was so hot. Like I was. And OK, can I just tell you when we were walking through Mercato, although there was like a nice breeze, the sun, first of all, was burning me. Mm-hmm. And second, I was sweating, like profusely sweating mm-hmm. because I had so much anxiety walking through this street with like hundreds of people and like we were warned to to watch our stuff like don't have your phone out don't mm-hmm. like just leave your purse behind like keep it in front and i was just like nervous the whole time that i was sweating so much mm-hmm. like until we got back to my aunt's house yeah and we sat down and we were like finally that's when i stopped sweating but the whole time i was like extremely like on alert and just very anxious like did you feel like that too we were skipping the point of the story oh the crazy streets well i was gonna let you talk about that oh okay okay but what was your question then? Like, if you felt super anxious too, or were you? Oh no, I felt perfectly fine. Really? Yeah, I was mm. more anxious for the reason that we had to go back home. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you know this, but when you go to any th- country, third, I guess you could say third world country, like the water there is not just third. Even the the like a lot of Arab countries that I've been to, they have those types. Yeah, of toilets. any country outside of the country you normally live in, like yeah. there's going to be a difference in like the the food. Mm. and how your body reacts to it mm-hmm. so like you have to do the utmost of like avoiding anything that might have interacted with the water mm. of that country mm. but we might not be the best at that at all times so i believe i i, I don't think i had to go at that time i think i was just taking you back or so oh no i did have to go yeah, yeah you did. so of course we all got sick <laughs> and which requires you to go to the washroom multiple times during the day mm-hmm. and when you're i don't know why we thought today after we were both feeling not the best to go to a place by walking yeah and like spending most of our day there walking around in the sun letting everything just <sighs> like churn in our stomachs bubble up <laughs> yeah to the point where we were like okay guys we can't do this anymore we have to go back <laughs> well your dad did take us to that one store that had the bathroom oh yeah and i walked into the bathroom i was like does it flush and they're like you think toilets flush out here like she literally said that in in our language she's like think toilets flush out here what That's are you talking so about so funny but uh we both tried to use it we found out that we, we're not going to be using that toilet yeah so we kind of said to my sister and my dad like yeah we got to split up mm. i remember the way back we'll walk back yeah and that's when we made our journey back to the house and that was like an experience in itself oh my god especially when we got to the part where we had to cross a major intersection yeah and like this is like in those movies, those like Disney anime movies where like the characters are already trying to like cross the street and like the cars are like buzzing here and there and they're like dodging different things. <laughs> That's exactly what happened with us. Like we yep. we literally I, I was like, you know what? We just gotta do it. I was dodging donkeys, yeah. people, cars. <laughs> like to the point where I was like, Sarah, we just gotta like walk. Yeah. And like cars are coming from all directions and we're just like making sure to just go on our path. Yeah. They'll go around us and 
cars are getting like inches away from you there's at one point where like sada's oh like had God. to stop a car and i was like, like yeah like, literally i was i feel like i was screaming when we were crossing yeah you were you were like grabbing me on my arm screaming <laughs> like telling these cars to stop yeah because they don't stop they just kind of slow it's like a rolling stop you know yeah exactly because they know that they can't hit you but at least they're trying uh to, listen okay they were getting close to my toes but they know what they're doing you know they, they, they know their their space that's the thing like ethiopian drives they know how much space they have for the most part okay uh, but that so. that crossing that intersection was like <sighs> being in a movie it felt like being in a movie i did not like that and it's not i'm not talking about like a small intersection you would see in north america this is like an intersection are you yawning against something i'm sorry i'm sorry okay Come it was on. an intersection and a roundabout yeah. actually right uh no it was just an intersection which made it worse because it was just open land of just <laughs> cars coming from all directions oh my god but that was probably the crazy experience while we were in Addis when it comes to because we didn't for the most part, we weren't walk, walking on the streets of Addis. Like, we were always yeah. in a car, yeah. going from spot to spot. That was yeah. the first time where we had the experience of actually walking with the people. Mm. And, like, out there, COVID is not really a thing. So, like, people are on top of each other. There's no mass at all. Nope. And this is, like, a couple days before we're leaving. So, we're all scared that we might be, like, susceptible to it. So, we're all, like, wearing masks. And everybody's looking at you different. Mostly because mm. they can smell that you're not from there. And they could see it. Like, yeah, I thought I thought I was blending in wearing an abaya. But no, nah, they, they know right away. They knew. Yeah, like, you'll hear people in the background going, diaspora, diaspora. Because yeah. that's what they call people from who are visiting or coming back to the country to visit. They call mm-hmm. them diaspora. Mm-hmm and yeah that was just a crazy experience in a way thankfully we made it back to the house oh thank god yeah sara the one thing the one thing you should never do listen and i this let me i didn't call for this no, i no, didn't no. ask him for help no, he no, asked let me, me let me first tell him right, what fine, happened okay fine, fine, go ahead we were walking to the house mm-hmm. and we accidentally walked into like the wrong alley to the house and mm-hmm. i knew that we were in the wrong one i was gonna turn around but sara had the <laughs> the the genius idea of asking someone oh are we in the right area which is a word last thing to I, do i didn't say are we in the right area we got up there okay so yeah. like it, the the steps look yeah. exactly like the other one yeah. though. so that's why i was like is this the right one yeah look, looks a little different so me and amir are talking to each other and this older man comes towards us and he's asking me in amharic like do you need help mm-hmm. and i was like no then i was like wait do you speak english and he's like yeah and then amir's like sada stop i was like just say no and walk away and then okay. amir was like no we don't need your help and he's like i think the guy felt like slightly offended because he, he was nice he yeah. just kept talking so he was like i am coming to you with respect because it is respect <laughs> <laughs> he was nice okay and then amir was like not having any yeah of it. i was trying so, to tell him i was like i don't need your help sir i know where i'm going because Okay, continue, continue. So, so the man is just trying to like tell us where we're going. Amir's like, I already know we're we're in the wrong spot. I know, I know. And he's like, giving Amir this lecture about respect and how he's trying to help him. And he's mm-hmm. like, what's the, what's like a uh, the area? And I was like, no, we know that we're in the wrong spot. I know it's the next one. Mm-hmm. And then as he's talking to Amir, honestly, I don't know what he said to because he mm-hmm. zoned out. And I started looking around, and all the people around us, exactly, they're like, they're just like you know the mm-hmm. the dad stance with their hand and on their. That's hair. why. And they're looking at us like oh diaspora mm-hmm. like where are they going we're trying to and like i think they were intrigued that this old man spoke mm-hmm. english so well and he was speaking to us because after we were done talking to him did you remember hearing those guys saying like sorry yeah. we didn't know like we couldn't speak or something they said something like that oh, okay but I, I, I thought it was funny so no nah, but the, the reason you don't want to like 
let people know that you're diaspora or I mean, diaspora. They can see it, honestly. I know they can see it, but at least they don't know 100%. Or like mm-hmm. when you start speaking English around them, because mm-hmm. you make sure that one thing you want to make sure out there is that we at least speak our city's language. So mm-hmm. you're not speaking English out there. Because one like negative thing is that people will try and take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And they'll try and make find out how they can make money from it. Yeah. Or they'll maybe try and rob you. I don't know. And it was in the daytime. So I don't think anything would have happened to us. Yeah, I don't think they would have um, But people will follow you. To wherever you're going yeah. to try and make some money because that's the one thing out there is that if you're leaving the house mm-hmm. in Addis or anywhere in ethiopia just get ready to like be giving out money at all times yeah because even like even if you're just like if you have a bag on you and you're about to walk into the house someone will try and grab the bag from <laughs> you just so they can help you bring into the house so you can give them like <laughs> that's some money so true that's so true and that's what i was trying to avoid because like you never know who's gonna follow you you never know mm. who's what they're gonna do like i hate it when people uh know that we're diaspora because you can tell you can see it in their face like oh this is where money is right mm. uh and i don't want that to be in that situation so i was mm-hmm. like All right, let's get out of this quick we like ran back to the house we knew where it was yeah i was speaking to you in gaysanan the whole time <laughs> cursing you out in gaysanan <laughs> i just have to say guys mm-hmm. amir's gaysanan has we should have done our intro in gaysanan nah, nah, nah. i don't even know how to do the intro in gaysanan yeah you do remember we asked your dad what is it to say we were like how do you say welcome back he there is no welcome back in gisana yeah you just say like uh that means yeah i guess that kind of means welcome it's like like but thank it, God it doesn't you came. yeah but it doesn't like sound right if that makes sense yeah it does whatever anyways yeah. amir's gisana has improved so mm-hmm. much i'm so proud of you no oh, no nah. good job amir okay it's okay good job what? oh shoot what kind I don't, I don't know okay, okay. it felt awkward i was like do i go this way <laughs> um but yeah that was that was an experience we had in at this what mm. else was there about at this mm. so like we were on a hunt for fanta apple Couldn't oh find yeah it. constantly trying to look because i think gizman started it where she's like remember guys remember fanta apple guys yeah like how good it was compared to like the she fanta talked orange. about it so much that yeah. we like want it like the fanta orange is really good too yeah it is um, and then we got Marinda apple in Deredoa. So we mm-hmm. were like on a mission to find it in um, Addis and we couldn't find it. Yeah, that was that was like a side quest in the whole yeah. experience. But we finally found Marinda, Marinda apple, apple in literally the, the like store right like the right across the street from our aunt's house the whole time. Fail. I would have had one every day. If yeah. I could. But yeah. And also, oh, what happened? A little fluff. Okay. Um, what else about? Oh, well, yeah. Addis was like we went to a couple of resorts there. Oh yeah, like a place called Kuriftu, which was really nice. Well, Kuriftu is the brand. The city that you went to was Dabrizit. Dabrizit. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, we went to Kuriftu. Uh, Kuriftu is like you know how like Sheraton. Yeah, sort of yeah. like the brand. Okay, yeah. yeah, but we went to the one in the Dabrizit region. region. There you go. Uh, which was really you weren't you didn't unfortunately you weren't with us in that one i believe uh no i did visit that one like when i went five years ago yeah so you already had the experience yeah and gizman um posted about it and everything and the place was really nice like we mm. got to go canoeing on the lake over there and like the breakfast was really nice and ironically like or not ironically but the funny thing is that we were checking out the next day mm-hmm. because gizman was posting about it mm-hmm. uh the crypto brand i guess saw it yeah and they ended up giving us a different place or uh, a, a couple nights stay or one night stay in another place called Kuriftu in Toto, which is like a, it's kind of like a um, a park it's built like on, on top of a mountain right? in the yeah. middle of Addis. Yeah. And that was also like a really cool experience because it was like a tent. 
because the one in Kriftu Debrezet or whatever was mm-hmm. a it was almost like a house mm-hmm. but it had like an outside area of the house and the inside of it where the bedroom was mm-hmm. uh, but the Intoto place was like just a tent in itself but it was a really nice tent it was almost like a house made out of tent mm-hmm. and that was really nice I had like a little swing on it we got to go zip lining there you we got to go Oh, you didn't, oh yeah, you guys no, didn't do it. I'm way too scared. I don't. Honestly, ziplining is not as scary as you think. Like you don't even feel anything when you're going on it. It was just the fact that like it was in Africa. You know what? You don't trust them? No. Ugh. Literally no. Well, yeah, it, it did. It did feel a little like looser. Exactly. Than normal. Yeah. Like I wasn't as free as I was in the one that I did in BC, but it was still yeah. fun. We got to go go karting, or you guys got to go go karting. Oh, that was really fun. Yeah, well, that, that was scary cool. actually. Really? Why? Yeah, because like um, so it starts. Like they start the car how you start a, how you start a lawnmower. That's how they all start. I'm telling you. I don't remember that in, o- in mm-hmm. other ones, but anyways, they make you like really step on the gas mm-hmm. to the point where as soon as it starts, you like zoom. Yeah. And then when you're turning like this, steering wheel is so stiff that like if you don't brake, you're literally gonna like crash into mm-hmm. something. Which so, someone did. Yeah, someone yeah. did crash. <laughs> but I was screaming the whole time when I was mm-hmm. driving that thing. Yeah, so. but I was really like taken aback by like how good the. I feel like it is really like it feels sounds very privileged to say like I wasn't expecting it to be so nice <laughs> at these uh, the amenities. resorts amenities, but it makes sense. There's a lot of tourist tour tourism that goes on in this uh, in the country now, right? It was like a glamping, like it was like a big tent. Yeah, um, and and um, that's one thing that changed a lot. Even for the Ethiopians or the people who do live in that city, is that mm. with the new government, they started building a lot more parks in the country yeah i mean i think it's an interesting focus but yeah it's kind of weird that they kind of went to parks like there's a lot more that could be improved on maybe they're trying to do that to boost the tourism yeah Yeah. and just and also just maybe give the people somewhere to go within the city yeah but i think there are a lot of other press more pressing issues like the literal roads like Mm -hmm. a lot of the roads are not actually paved um because Addis is a constant developing city mm-hmm. um there are so many homes that are being built now like on the borders yeah. of the city and um when you get off the main highway you're basically driving on a dirt road and i don't yeah. know how the cars survive there to be honest no but, but that was kind of frustrating because like the parks that i just talked about like in toto and um uh, there's a place called unity park in the city mm-hmm. and friendship park mm-hmm. in the city they built those from what i was told like within less than two years yeah it, but it, which shows that the con- the country or the people there are able to build these mm-hmm. things very very quickly, mm-hmm. but then you see all these like roads that my dad even said may take them three years to yeah. finish a road. Yeah, and it'll just be a dirt road, and there's no like real uh, organization to the tra- how they would uh, navigate the traffic around it. Mm-hmm. So they literally just make the traffic go over these um, rocky roads, mm-hmm. and that will destroy any car after a while. Like you remember, yeah. there's that one van where the back door of it was kind of like swinging back and forth because of the <laughs> aggressiveness of all the rocks. Like, oh my God, no, I don't remember that. Okay, well, there was a van where the the back, you know how they, they have like the back trunk door or whatever? It was mm-hmm. literally like shifting from side to side from Yikes. the like sheer ferocity of the shaking of the floor or oh the uh, the driving. Yeah. Um, but that was just kind of frustrating how long the construction takes when you know that they can do it faster. Mm-hmm. And of course, he said that was all just due to corruption, which was kind of like, my there's a lot of good that came out of at this like i really loved it the people there the family there the experiences we had there mm-hmm. but then of course my dad's always pointing out like the corruption that goes on yeah like 
um, how I mentioned that there's a lot of people who are looking to get money from you, mm-hmm. but it's not only the people, it's like even the officials there, like police. Oh, you mean like how easily bribed? Yeah, they can be? everyone can be bribed there. Like corruption still, of course, is a there's developing country. Everywhere, to be honest. There's cor- even corruption here. everywhere, but it's more overt there mm. where you're literally like giving money to officials. Yeah. So for them to kind of look the other way. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of frustrating. There's still a lot, there's definitely a lot for the city to do. Like, there's still a lot of development that needs to be made in the country. It makes sense why they would call it a developing country. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how long it's going to take. Like, it, it's, it's something like I don't see happening in the next few years. I don't even know if I see <laughs> it happening in the next 10 years. I mean, never say never. We'll see what happens with it. But I think it's, it's, one, it's dependent on the leadership. Mm-hmm. But two, it's also dependent on the people. Yeah. So if the people, you know, do you sometimes... Think, do, do you think it's the the leadership that affects the mindset of the people or the people who affect the mindset of the government? Like, how, which one affects the other? I feel like it's the leaders that are affecting the mindset of the people, which is why everybody in the country, their goal is really just to make money or, like, to mm. find that next buck. I think it's... It depends because... Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ethiopia was like the people of Ethiopia were like life was such, like a, in a it was lived in a certain way for such a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. That maybe some people are a little bit more resistant to change. So when you throw a new person in power and they mm-hmm. have a more progressive mindset, for example, and mm-hmm. they want to do big things, people might see that as a threat. Like, oh, they're trying to change tradition or they're trying to change yeah this or that. You know what I mean? So, um, I think if if uh, leadership, if the government and the people of the nation are all on the same page and, you know, conflict gets reduced a bit, then Ethiopia as a whole is destined for great things. It's one of the fastest growing economies in Africa, if not the fastest, I think. Mm-hmm. But but uh, I guess the thing that they kind of have to get over is a whole like tribal. It's um, very tribalistic there. Tribal aspect, like. Mm the tribal conflicts that are going on. Mm. Uh, I feel like that's really the, the biggest thing holding back the whole country. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, there was this, um, as if you're driving through Addis, there's a certain part of Addis or a corner of Addis where mm-hmm. there's literally thousands of empty units yeah. and apartments Oh yeah, I saw, I that are that not too. being used. Similar and we drove past that. it so many times. My dad told us like 50 times that we yeah. were driving past. He did. Where... Uh, thousands of the units are not being used and there's a housing shortage in or housing issue in, in ethiopia for sure like there are a lot of people looking for places to go mm. but it's too expensive yeah and you have thousands of units not be- thousands of these units not being used mm-hmm. because of uh corruption issues within the government where like uh one tribe wants to give the houses to or the apartments to their people the other tribe wants to give it to their people and they can't mm-hmm. come to like some type of agreement mm-hmm. so they just sit there and he said they've been there for, sitting there for years like three yeah. five years yeah. with no one living in them thousands of, when i say thousands like i'll put it's up like a video multiple apartment complexes yeah like literal cities empty of it's people pretty sad yeah that was probably the saddest part and ev- we drove past it so many times that that was like the one thing that just being kept in mind like after seeing all these good things mm. you're realizing how many how much work still needs to be done yeah uh which is why we were kind of frustrated when you see like these parks being developed and you're like come on guys we have like bigger issues to deal with exactly um but it's also it's like you also have to be like it is important to have those parks too so it's like yeah but like priorities <laughs> essentially right yeah um 
yeah so I, this was very interesting and actually i have i have one thing i want to bring in one second okay i'm back here so now i just wanted to make sure i didn't forget anything before we end off here mm-hmm. um i know we kind of i always want to cover like the positive first and then kind of go into like the things that i wish would be improved on mm-hmm. um and we kind of covered this a bit but there's kind of like an underbelly to ethiopia and i realized that when we're talking about those the leader like how who affects who mm-hmm. i feel like the leaders have because of all the corruption is kind of uh created like a culture where everyone's kind of trying to take advantage of each other yeah like to the point where like, one funny experience or not funny experience but one experience that we had was we were driving outside of the city we stopped at a gas station oh yeah and we thought like everybody was being friendly we were mm-hmm. talking to guys they were talking to us they were being friendly with us mm-hmm. and as uh, we were driving away. My dad was like really pissed at something. We we're like, why? He's like, the guy charged me like 1200 bit mm. when it's really supposed to be 800 bit. But I guess they were talking us up and cu- and uh, distracting me from seeing the price. Mm. So they added the price from the previous tank. Yeah. And they that's how people, they like try and get one up on you. And it's like, even though like it shows that like they can be friendly to you, have a smile on their face, mm-hmm. but they'll still take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. And that was a big issue that I noticed where people are always trying to get a leg up on someone else so they can make some more money. And it's not really their fault. Yeah. It's because there's the, the it, it, this, it, they've created the government or the, the leadership has created such an environment where people are desperate to find the next buck because there's no real organization um, set up to help the people who might need it in the country. Yeah, that makes sense. Cost of living is just so high and there's no real livable wage there. Like yeah. the, the wage gap between the rich and the poor, it's like insane. Yeah. Like very we were even crazy. trying to break it down, like how much people make mm-hmm. per month. I think like we found out that an apartment we may cost like 30,000 beer mm-hmm. or 20,000 beer a month. But the average wage is like 2,000 beer. A month. A month. Which is like, how do you even afford like... Exactly. How do you even afford That makes no sense. Um, yeah. It's, it's forcing people to live on top of each other, literally like where you yeah. have 12 people living in like a one bedroom apartment, yeah. trying to make ends meet um it d- it did kind of build like more of a communal uh vibe when it means that like you're you're not exactly going to be always eating at your own place you're yeah. kind of like eating at different places because no one can really afford to rent eat. and groceries yeah and rent and get groceries all mm. on their own so they kind of have to bounce around that's why a lot of people have they have a lot of friends because mm-hmm they're going to kind of all need to help each other. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of one positive as- aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But still, it did create a culture where everybody's kind of looking for that next buck, right. trying to make a little bit extra money because there's it, the cost of living in Ethiopia is so high. Yeah. And that was like really disheartening to to see and, and hear about what we were there mm-hmm. and realize that they do have the resources to be able to fix this, but they're just not doing it because of those uh corruption issues and conflicts going on within the government right and i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble for things but honestly i don't care <laughs> <laughs> you say that now <laughs> yeah and one thing that you guys really were um annoyed by or disgusted by in city was like the animal abuse that goes on i'm already over it like You're- i'm not over it but like i that was something that really affected me mm-hmm. um the first like the the last time i went in 2016 yeah. Um, I was there for eight weeks, so I really, like, really saw it firsthand. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I remember being so bothered by it. <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. this one time. <laughs> the horses, right? 
there's that that too yeah. we'll get to that one but there's this one time where i was going somewhere with my cousins and i saw this this man like tied up his horse it was it was like tied to a carriage mm-hmm. and it was like kind of foaming at the mouth because there was this like metal bar mm-hmm. that he uses to strap onto him or whatever and i was so heartbroken mm-hmm. that i was like oh my god i have to go talk to him like he has to release this horse mm-hmm. like me trying to be some sort of like yeah. savior and so i'm like telling my cousins like translate for me they're like no like unless you're prepared to yeah. buy that horse from him like yeah. don't he's not going to listen to you yeah. and i was like no it's just like animal cruelty it's so unfair like haram like how is he torturing mm-hmm. the poor thing and they looked at me and they're like you're crying over a horse what about all the poor people that you see on the street yeah and i was like yeah you're right Mm-hmm. you're right yeah so so it, i couldn't really say anything after that they're like what's better a human being or a, an animal mm-hmm. and i was like well you know you don't have to make me choose mm-hmm. but yes i know the val the the life of a human being is important but like you know you don't have to torture the animal to the point where it's like like what we witnessed this time mm-hmm. around that really broke the horse thing yeah. broke my heart and you can kind of get into that because yeah it's very so, sad no but like there's a certain area when you're riding through it there's a certain area where there's a lot of horses people were using horses to kind of like pull their carts mm. and every once in a while we would see a horse just like in the middle of the road mm-hmm. that had nothing on it no gear or anything it would just be standing there mm. and then of course my dad again mm-hmm. would be like you see why that horse is there it's because it may have an injury mm-hmm. it may not be able to work anymore so people would literally just abandon them in the middle of the street mm-hmm. and let them stay there until they starve to death essentially and they're done yeah, a lot of times they just they just stand there. They're like frozen, mm-hmm. and it's so sad. To, like it's very sad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thinking of, like, I still have the image yeah. of the horse in my head. And maybe mm. he was re- exaggerating because I feel like I've seen that horse again later, who's like eating I don't know, bushes on the side of the street or something. <laughs> we drove through that street a lot. Yeah. Um, but that was also definitely just like something that really irked us while we were in at this mm. um and i feel like every, at the end of this people would be like so did you hate it or something it's like no i still love yeah ethiopia mm-hmm. and i still loved being there i still want to go back mm. but there is i, I want to actually maybe it made me want to be a part of um the progression of the country in a way mm. that's so i was like i want to go back right yeah and there are people who are doing that that we know who have gone back and are like adding to the uh, culture and community in, in Ethiopia mm-hmm. and improving on it. Um, but I hope that that improvement comes sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, and that the people actually wake up and start making these better decisions, not for the now, but for the future. For the future, exactly. Because essen- essentially right now, a lot of the culture centered around what's happening right now. Mm. They don't think about tomorrow. They don't think about the future for their children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is slowly changing. I just hope that it changes faster than it already is changing inshallah inshallah <laughs> exactly um maybe we'll talk about ethiopia more it depends on what the reaction is to this i don't know what the reaction is going to be <laughs> if you guys have any you know questions about what we spoke about mm-hmm. uh leave a comment for us below or send us a message on instagram you mm-hmm. guys know the deal you know how oh, to wait. reach us oh. i want to mention some good spots that we went to oh okay yeah so if you ever find yourself in Addis, mm. i suggest you go to uh there's a place called um del Mella which is a restaurant we went to. That was a really good spot. Shout it's, out to Anise. Yeah, shout out to Anise, <laughs> who's uh, the, someone that I mentioned who actually uh, went out, who, who used to live here and mm-hmm. went back to Ethiopia to open up a business there. Mm-hmm. He also has another spot called Mitmita. Unfortunately, we couldn't go there just due to time, but that's like a very traditional uh, Ethiopian food place to go to. Mm-hmm. There's also a place called Five Loaves. Oh, yeah. 
Five Loaves is uh is an Italian spot and it's like Ita- it's authentic Italian spot. It's really good. In in um at this and it's like really good. Even the mm-hmm. the the uh, work that went into the architecture of the building and the interior was mm-hmm. really like authentic. It really really looked really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, those were a few good spots we went to. Uh, what other spots did we go to that were really nice? I mentioned uh, in Toto, mm-hmm. which is a really good park to go to. Uh, Friendship Park was okay. It was yeah. like just a park. To <gasps> oh, walk Panda, in. the Chinese place. Oh yeah, they have a spot it's downtown really called Panda, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an authentic Chinese spot to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're talking about like other types of food. Mm-hmm instead of ethiopian food but like you're already having ethiopian food at home right so these are just like if you're ever going there to visit i feel like these are spots that you should take yeah uh take a look at uh what else is there um what's that place where you wanted to go to but we didn't get to go the yoda piscina yeah yeah that one that one if you ever find yourself in that this we unfortunately we couldn't go just due to time Mm -hmm. but there's a place you can go to called yoda piscina where essentially they have authentic ethiopian food but they also have uh cultural dances yeah that go on there and uh from the videos i saw it looks really nice so that would maybe next time when we go there we can go there and visit again yeah um but yeah i just wanted to mention those those are really good spots because that's essentially what you're doing when you go to this or at least we did (laughs) yeah we either eat we went to eat or we were visiting people or Mm -hmm. running errands with our dad yeah that's pretty much it yeah um but go ahead you can close this thing out and uh we'll let you all get back to your business Okie dokie. Um, thank you so much. I don't know why I just broke it into an accent. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much <laughs> for listening uh, to another episode of the Cousin Connection podcast. Uh, before you leave, don't forget to like this video, leave us a comment. And if you haven't already subscribed at this point, like, what you doing? Mm-hmm. Subscribe already, you know? Just do us a favor. Exactly. You know you want to hear from us again. So subscribe, hit the little bell notification. That'll mm-hmm. tell you whenever we upload um, a new video on our channel. Um, be sure to subscribe or I guess follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, sorry, <laughs> uh, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you can like find us on the podcast apps. Mm-hmm. Just search Cousin Connection Pod. Um, and if you're also not following us on Instagram, be sure to follow us there. That's where we post most of our updates um, and where we love to interact with you guys. So thank you again and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.